Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast, Season 2, Episode 5. Alongside Hunter Pulaski, I am Peter Garber. We are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. In today's episode, lots to get through, including a full recap of the CJ Cup at the Summit Club in Vegas, Colin Morikawa. Rory McIlroy takes home the trophy by one stroke over Colin Morikawa. Ricky Fowler, also in the mix last week, will get you caught up on Michigan players trying to get through Q School. It's second stage going on across five sites across the country. Plus, state finals for the girls. Plus, MHSAA state finals for the girls happened last weekend. Petoskey and some other local schools in action, so we'll get you caught up on that, as well as Michigan and Michigan State golf programs. Thanks for listening at theticketnorthernmichigan.com, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and on Wednesday nights on 104.7 FM, 1340 AM, The Ticket in Petoskey and Charlevoix, and 93.7 FM, The Ticket in Cadillac and Traverse City. Let's go. Nice mustache, Hunter. Thank you. Is that new? Well, you saw I had the beard, and then on Friday night. Is this part of a hot? Tell me, this is part of a Halloween costume? No, God, no. Nope. This is just this is just your regular face. I I think this is what I attribute to dad dad confidence. Just, and that's really more just not caring. I've never heard of that. (laughs) (laughs) So it's uh, I had I had a full beard, and then on Friday night I shaved to a handlebar mustache and actually like went out into public with like full down to my below, mm. below my neck. Probably <laughs> it was pretty, it was a pretty, uh, or below my chin rather. So it was, it was a pretty gnarly handlebar. And that I mustache. imagine you got lots of compliments on that. Yeah. And, and it was like, they were so many like backhanded compliments where they, you know, they're saying it looks nice just because it's something that they've never seen before. And like it's almost like they're like taken aback by it. So everyone said it's it looked not aw- words, just, yeah, it's not everyone said it looked saying awesome. what they really think. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then it and probably then, didn't look awesome. <laughs> no, I mean I and I actually like the more I had a couple of pictures pictures and I kept looking at it, I go, that thing it was so uneven too, like as far as the length on <laughs> for each side of them. So just a, a normal mustache is is much easier to to keep in line. I'm sure looks like somebody laid a nice, clean nine iron divot yep. right across your upper lip there. Yeah, that's uh, well, we're almost in. If I can just make it 10 more days, I can just play this as, as Movember. Yeah, I mean, why not just wait until that point so you have some way to explain yourself when you're walking around with that thing? Uh, I was just I was getting so dang itchy. The beard was <laughs> it was getting out. Of, it was getting out of control. I couldn't handle I couldn't do it anymore. So that was um. That was kind of the the reason why I uh, why I shave. Well, I just want everybody to know it, it'll be distracting me for this entire episode. But let's let's go ahead and get started because we do have a lot to get to, including, uh, of course, the Zozo Championship. We have to recap the CGA Cup girls uh, MHSAA state finals took place over the weekend, so we're going to touch on that. Third stage of Q School is going on right now. Is that right? Uh, still second, still second stage. Still second stage. So we have updates on guys with ties to Michigan who are trying to play their way through Q School to get Corn Ferry Tour membership. Um, but let's start with the CJ Cup and the gambling side. I know you had a losing ticket because you just stuck your neck out there and backed Xander in a week when he really only had one good round out of four. I'm guessing you probably didn't watch a ton of the cj cup either in part because it was not on tv yeah actually i have two big problems happening right now first first one is that 
um, I moved two weeks ago, and I don't have the golf channel anymore, which is oh, which that's is, why I, is well, a problem. That means, you know what that means? Hmm. It means that I don't have the golf channel anymore. Exactly, and that, and that is uh, that's a problem. So I have there is YouTube TV connection at the at my new house. I just need to get the login because there is there is golf channel on there. But it's only on the living room TV right now. And once I get that login, I I will feel, I feel so <laughs> useless. I I don't know how you've uh, how you made it so long. I think it's just testament to to your to how much you like to read and and stay on top of things. But I feel a little lost without, especially in this, these fall wraparound events, not having. The, but you still have PGA Tour live. No, it's. Too. It's hardest right now. Yes. Oh, I have PGA Tour live, so I can watch that way. And I do, you know, I mean, I'm a radio guy. Yeah. When there's PGA Tour radio, I'll often just turn that on. And that's fine. And it's, you know, they've only got, what, four or six guys or something like that on that broadcast. But it's enough to follow along the key groups and stuff. So they didn't have that either. So I had, we had nothing. I don't know anymore today what that golf course looks like than I knew on Wednesday. All the the extent the golf tournament that I saw was a list of players going up and down on pjtour.com because that's all that was available to me. And so that was in this case given my schedule, given what time they're playing, etc. It just I didn't watch any of it, but I did follow along on Twitter enough to know that the people who were trying to watch it couldn't get it uh and there was some funny stuff lying around on twitter about the fact that they had the champions tour on which i'm pretty sure to add insult to injury did that go to a playoff it did it did from what from what i uh from what i understood like like you said i was not uh i wasn't really even seeking i wasn't i don't think i was at the house around that five o'clock hour when it was starting or when it was supposed to when it was supposed to start, but uh, from what I hear, yeah, I think uh, there was a playoff on the the old guys tour that that ran a little late, and and people were not pleased. Yeah, I saw some projecting that we were going to get the the playoff from the Travelers last year when it <laughs> took like five holes or whatever for Harry to win. I think it was, and was it five? I don't know. It was the longest play, one of the longer playoffs in tour history. I think I can't quite remember exactly, but. You can say one thing about last week. The entire PGA Tour gambling community is aware of the who won the Champions Tour event last week. So congratulations to Lee Jansen <laughs> for emerging <laughs> because we all got to see that, or at least those of us who are not temporarily without Golf Channel. Uh, and it was funny to see Lee Jansen effectively trending on golf Twitter. <clears throat> while everyone was wondering why they couldn't watch the McElroy Fowler showdown at the CJ Cup. Like what a what a final group. Ricky Fowler is back from the dead a week before Halloween. And he's playing in the final group with Rory McElroy. Everybody wants to watch that. That's like a that's why it was a really good outcome for anybody who was involved with the CJ Cup. The missing ingredient was actually allowing the rest of the world to take part in that. Yeah, it, it definitely felt like a twist of the knife a little bit when when the final pairing was uh, Ricky and and Rory, 
and you couldn't watch the first, I think it was eight holes roughly is what you, you weren't able to see. And it wasn't like, it wasn't, you weren't able to see it in a, in a big, big picture setting. As far as a TV goes, you couldn't see it anywhere. You couldn't listen. You couldn't, you couldn't stream it on your computer. You couldn't, you couldn't watch it on TV. Obviously it was, it was tough out there, which, which I don't know. I, I don't, because I do think there are, there are a lot of quite a few of the fall events. You probably, you probably could say, let's just keep it on the golf channel. And we'll like, we'll, we'll make things work with only being able to watch the last 14 holes. But it was, it's, it was just tough given how, how strong this field was to, to have it, to, to only be able to watch the last 11 holes, 10 holes, whatever ended up being it's just craziness. Absolute crazy. And to have such good, action going on early in the round morikawa came from way behind with that round xander was putting up a low number like dudes were going low colin for a minute looked like he might actually win this golf tournament now which i think he was still 16 to 1 going into the final round so i'm sure there were some people who were willing to pick that up and hope for the best rory's of course had his struggle sunday struggles over the course of his his career um and I don't know that anybody had a ton of confidence in Fowler, who actually probably played. He didn't play well on Sunday, but he played better than I'm sure some people predicted. It was just a perfect storm. Rory and Fowler in the last group. Murakawa charging. He's going to potentially break the course record. Actually slowed down a lot on the back nine. Uh, missed a lot of opportunities. but And the whole thing is just not on TV. People are tweeting out like if you want to watch the pga event go to the pga tour app and then there's like a here's a screenshot of the tour app and it's that thing that says coverage will begin momentarily or whatever which means any time in the future that's just what's up there anytime you go there so yeah people were ticked and it's unfortunate because it was a i'm sure it was a great event for those who got to watch it and it hurts every time i miss i can't seem to get rory right that's the last two that i've missed the one thing that I'm really kind of sour about that I didn't see that could have helped me, even though I had a good week gambling and a great week in DraftKings, was the Fazio course history came through a lot more than I gave it credit for. I just did not pay attention to that enough as a as a storyline with the course comps and things of that nature. I focused more on lead in form and, I, you know, playing more cow obviously was great, but I had no Rory and DraftKings and I had no Keith Mitchell. And those are two Fazio horses and guys that obviously play really well at Quail Hollow. So that was a bummer. Every time Rory being, if you stuck a gun to my head, the guy I cheer for the most on tour, uh, among the elite players anyway, to miss again stings a little bit yeah how about uh keith mitchell there for the first i guess that would have been 36 plus seven for the first 43 holes he was lights out 18 under through 36 holes is <laughs> just like a cheat code and then he got just, to the eighth hole on saturday afternoon and went double double i believe he made two sixes i'm not sure if there was a par five in there but it was back to back back to back big numbers and then it kind of seemed to just all slide up. I think he still ended up T third. He played well on Sunday, but it looked like he, he, was, he, looked like he was nicely run away with that son of a gun for a second. Yeah, got a great check. 
that's why you got to save bullets going into the week because even when when Keith is out at 18 it really he was two to one at that point and I saw people touting that number and I'm like "Mm, I don't know about that you know I I know it's five stroke lead but we're talking about 36 holes of golf five strokes go away in the course of a hole or two a half an hour 20 minutes you know it's just not two to one is not something unless we're coming down to play in the last five holes that i'm probably ever gonna uh click on as a as a better but still a great week for keith and the thing you got the takeaway for keith not only the fazio thing but like the driver is such a weapon for him that he can gain so many strokes off the tee just out driving people because he's so straight in addition to being so long that he becomes a fit for like you first of all in our minds we got to think if Rory's going to play well here then Keith's probably going to play well because they actually have really Keith is kind of becoming like a a Rory light if you will and they match up on some of the same courses but also that like if it's a driver course and he's 200 to one which I think he was this week in a, in a limited field, like kicking myself for missing the Roy and kicking myself for missing Keith. He would have hit it each way. I'm sure he had great odds. Keith had the the longest odds in the field as an American. The only people that had longer odds than him were the seven, the seven um, Korean players that got exemptions before between just because that's what the, the the event does. He was the only person he was Hudson Swafford was right next to him. But Keith Mitchell had the longest odds in the entire tournament to win. Yeah, I was on the wrong one <laughs> so of those just, two Georgia Bulldogs. There, I but. saw. Th- I kept thinking about that because I because you were talking about Hudson being your guy uh, last week and or going into this week, and then Keith's name was right next to him. Yeah. <laughs> and then Keith comes out obviously and shoots eighteen hundred through thirty six holes, and you go, "Holy moly!" Yeah, I just overlooked it, and I that's too bad. But I I I got locked in on some players and. Huddy played fine and he was a great DraftKings play for me. I mean, he helped me a lot. He makes lots of birdies. That was probably more of a DraftKings play, obviously, because it didn't catch the outright, didn't catch the top 20. Um, but I did catch Gooch played great, had the phenomenal Sunday, cashed the top 20 there. Colin cashed the top 10, missed the Xander top 10, in addition to the Swafford outright in top 20. But I ended up pretty tight last week, and that meant that I had a pretty good week. I think at the last minute I got had serious FOMO and I put like a $2 bet down on Harold Varner just to protect myself, which I'm going to do. I'm sure with Adam Shank this week at the uh, Zozo, but uh, just paranoid about missing out on those guys when they, when they break through, but all in all great week, got second in that weekend tournament on DraftKings, a single entry, which was a nice cash. So it's nice week. I'm ready to, roll some bankroll bankroll into the uh zozo and maybe even i'm light on outrights but i think there's some interesting plays in like the in the 60s do you have any more i know we want to get to q school and the local stuff do you have more recap on the cj cup uh just that that i um the second problem I had, the first problem was that I don't have a golf channel anymore. The second problem is that I think I'm retired. I've retired <laughs> for at least a week. I'm I'm retired. I'm retired. I'm not. I'm not betting this week. I'm. I'll get you're like the Brett Favre of sports gambling. How many times are you going to do this? This is. It's, we need to play. Cue the retirement music. Cue the Andrew Luck audio. 
No, I mean this is pretty spot on. We're what this is week. Cue the violin. We just finished week six of the NFL. This I mean this is pretty much spot on of when I typically take my first retire <laughs> first of three retirements on the season. I'm I'm done. I'm done until Michigan, Michigan State. You betting spreads in the NFL? Yes. Too many. Too many. Lose this game there, Hunter. Too many spreads. Oh, actually, no, Peter. I didn't. I don't. Okay. I. I. Well, just a quick little side note here. I did not bet spreads this week. I just did. I did one. One final uh, money line parlay that Ugh. with uh, there was four four teams and it was covering and the last the last one of it was the Bills. Of course, it was. And they were they were trying to give me a hundred bucks out the door. On, oh. On, that would have been what Monday afternoon, Monday morning, and I didn't. Oh take it. my heavens! And then and then obviously the rest is <clears throat> the rest is history. I, is I was indeed. a I'm, I'm, I was a broken man. Uh, yesterday morning, last uh, Monday night. Broken. Yesterday morning, today I'm still broken and lingering into Wednesday. Okay, yeah. so you're you're setting you're 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 putting your finger on the shelf here, huh? No more clicking for you for now. I'm gonna take a I'm, until Michigan, Michigan State. I'm very very curious to see what that. So line you're is. not betting on the Zozo. Uh, the Zozo, the Zozo is gonna miss is gonna miss my uh, presence this year. I think. <laughs> I don't really. The more I look at it, I don't really think. It's You're a, gonna have golf channel by the time that this comes on tonight. I have the golf channel. It, it, it is something that I have access to. Well, I just don't have access to it. I have access to it from watching the living room. I just need to get the login so I can watch it, whether that be on my phone. Okay. Or okay. Anywhere. Well, let's go. You got all day. <laughs> We're coming on. The golf starts at like six o'clock tonight or something. That is the one thing that I do love about the Zozo is that we have Wednesday through Saturday night golf and the college football slate this week is terrible. So I will, I will figure out a way to have the golf channel by, by hopefully tonight, but if not by Saturday, cause it's just it's something about these, the, the night primetime golf. I'm a big fan. Tonight would be good. Yeah. I have a first, I have a first round leader bet that I have. I'm looking to sweat within each way. Like I said, I got money to burn. All right. Um, that's it for winners and losers. And last week's CJ Cup Hunter, can you take us through what's happening with at Q School with players with Michigan ties? Yeah. So uh, we are in starting on the, I believe it was October 12th. Uh, Q School, second stage of Q School started for the Corn Ferry. Uh, there are there are three three full stages. Uh, so typically, after the second stage, the top twenty in ties will advance to the final stage. If you finish top twenty in the second stage, you will have you will be a Corn Ferry Tour member. Uh, it's just a matter of how much status you have. That and that is what that that final qualifying event will determine. But you are. It's very conditional. Yes, but you are a considered a member if you finish, and it all kind of depends on how many how many players they have in the field. But in most cases, it seems like it's about top twenty. Uh, as far as Michigan players go, there was an event in Brooksville, Florida, at Southern Hills Plantation. This was October twelfth through the fifteenth last week. Uh, some results from that: Willie Mack was actually playing in that field. He finished in a tie for tie for twenty six. So he finished at minus seven, 
6870. So he is not going to advance. So I think he'll be he'll be back to uh, whether that be Monday qualifying or how many you get through? Twenty uh, five. No top nineteen. Nineteen. <laughs> so he missed by two shots. Correct. Yep. And then uh, Donnie Trosper, uh, another name that we have mentioned. I'm not sure what we mentioned him for. He's from Canton. He finished at plus six, uh, 69, 74, 75, 76. So those are our, our two ties from the – oh, and then my apologies. Also, we have uh, Kyle Gaines from Oxford, Michigan. He finished in tie 44th uh, at minus three. 72, 68, 75, 70. So those are our scores from the one that has finished. There are currently five other, four other uh, qualifiers are taking place. At the Plantation, in Plantation, Florida, at the Plantation Reserve Golf Course, there are, there's one uh, player playing from Michigan, uh, Sam Weatherhead from Grand Rapids. He's currently at minus one, puts him at uh, T34th. And that's actually a name that we've talked about. I don't know if we've talked about it, but he's he's made his rounds, uh, became friends with Justin Thomas. Uh, Michael Wasecki is at minus two, T23rd. I'm not sure, Peter, if that rings a bell, Big Mike. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I remember watching his, uh, he Monday qualified Yes. into something, and then his story kind of came out, and Justin ended up backing him, I think, a little bit financially, but. So how much do we have left there? It sounds like Weatherford Weatherford still has a chance to get into the top 19 if he's at tie 34. Yeah, correct. Uh, they still have three rounds left. They just started today. Or yeah, start, nice. started, started yesterday, yesterday rather. Um, so those guys are both. Michael was one shot out of qualifying spot and uh, Weatherhead was two shots out. And then. I believe there's only one other Michigan player. I don't know why why I made it sound like it was so many. Uh, I believe it's one other uh, massacre, this name. Bo Brulett from Howell, Michigan. Uh, is currently plus four. At, he shot 76 yesterday, so he's T69th. He's going to need to, Bo's going to need to get a rock and roll on here. He's currently six shots out of uh, qualifying spots, so, but still, have, still has three rounds left, and that one is yeah. in Highlands Marshwood down in a, uh, Dothan, Alabama. So those okay. those are our Michigan guys that are looking to uh, looking to qualify and and get some kind of conditional status in the corn fair. Then hopefully, if uh, if Sam can play well, he he can get full status next year. and We can start to follow him. And then third stage for anybody who does get through. I know these are, uh, you know, s- spread out these second stage qualifiers and the fact that. Some of them are have concluded and, and others are still going on. But do you happen to know when uh, third stage begins and where that's held? I do. Yes, that is going to be November 4th through the 7th. And that is in Savannah, Georgia at the Landings Club. You Beautiful played? place. You host played? of a uh, host of a Corn Ferry tour event. Are they are there different courses? Is there more than 18 there? Mm-hmm. There are several several courses there. They are playing fact. the marsh or marsh if that is a uh, if that is one of them. The whole thing's built on a marsh. If you've ever played golf in that area, and obviously you were just down there in Hilton Head, it's very similar. And there is uh, no shortage of hazards on a couple of those golf courses. I'm not sure if the marsh is one of the one. I can't quite remember the name of the one that I've walked, but uh, there's water, there's trouble, so it'll te- it'll be a good 
a good third stage uh, test. One more name I want to um, remember. Uh, remember Ali Snyderjans? Of course. His uh, I don't know where I don't know what Ali's doing these days, but his brother Luke is a heck of a player. Um, is currently top ten in his um, his second stage down in. He's also in the Alabama qualifier. So, and I've I've heard that name now for years. So that might be a name to watch out for here in the coming years. Yeah, uh, both the Schneider Jans boys can really uh, play. Ali's lost it a little bit over the past couple of years, but he's he's shown up here and there and had some had some decent finishes in, in pro events. I'm not sure where he he stands from a status standpoint, but I believe. Call me crazy, but is he a PGA Tour winner? The that two iron stinger might have won a golf tournament. Phenomenal putter. You may know him because he never wears a hat. Played at Georgia Tech. That might be why he's never won, or if if that's why maybe why he's fallen off a little bit. Maybe he's just put a hat on. I really I continue to be just staggering performance by Patrick Cantlay at the Ryder Cup, not being able to wear a hat. He only has a he has a Corn Ferry win. He does not have. You're right. He never won on the PJ Tour, but he did have. He did come out hotter than a bat out of. Better, bad out of hell out of college. And yeah, he did win the Air Capital Classic over one Colin Morikawa, then amateur Colin Morikawa, as well as JJ Spawn. That was back in 2016. Yeah. And then, so, so look, good luck to uh, to the guys, Michigan Ties, and all the other guys that are looking to to get some kind of status in the Corn Fair and hopefully get full status if they play, play well enough with the Landings Club coming up here in a couple weeks. Moving, uh, moving on to the boys and yeah, girls of Michigan State and, and yes. Michigan. We have so starting. Let's start with the uh, boys from Michigan State. They just finished a tournament on Monday. It was a a Sunday Monday fifty four hole event. They finished in uh, third place. This was at nice. You might have actually you've you've potentially have played this golf course. It's in Vero Beach, uh, Quail Valley Golf Club. I have played there. Decent little course. Well, it is phenomenal. Is it better than decent? It's special place. Awesome. Well, they they uh, they ended up shooting like I said, uh, third place. So they finished with a score of twenty three hundred par, eight forty one, two eighty two, two eighty two seventy nine. That was good for third behind Kansas, who shot 35 under 829, as well as Kent State, who finished second, seven shots behind Kansas at 28 under. Some scores. Uh, Never known Kansas to have a good golf team, but good for them. That's, yeah. a, that's a solid finish for Sparty. Yeah, no, very good. Uh, Ash, Ash McCullough, freshman uh, from Canada, and August Mikoff from Coopersville, Slash uh, Allendale, Allendale here in Michigan. We kind of led the team. Both played very well. McCullough shot uh, looks like 67, 68, and seventy, I believe. And then um, August was right on the right on pace with that. James Pia ended up shooting uh, six hundred par, two ten, seventy, sixty seven, seventy three. So all all. Overall, a very good performance from the uh, Michigan State boys. The Michigan That's nice to have those younger kids lead the team because it's been Taylor and is it Piat or Piat? 
that's been obviously reigning U.S. Amateur champ that have been coming in with the lower scores, right? So yeah, that's good. Yeah. No, very good. No, we will. They're uh, putting. They have a nice little team there this year. Mm-hmm. And then the um, the Michigan State girls continue to to struggle just a little bit. They finished uh, in twelfth place this past weekend at the the Ruth's Crisp Invitational, played at the Finley Golf Course in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. They finished the 54-hole total of nine over par. Wake Forest won the event, shooting 17 under par, 10 shots ahead of Clemson, who finished it uh, seven under. And then Virginia Tech took third at five under. Alabama was fourth, Kentucky, Duke. So on uh, top top performer for Michigan State was a sophomore, uh, Layla Raines uh, from Ohio, fired a... One over par, two seventeen for the tournament, tying for twenty ninth place. So let's. I believe the Michigan State girls have one more event, and then there's their uh, fall season is over. That is the same for the boys at Michigan State. The meanwhile, the girls in Ann Arbor have been tearing it up. Right? They have, yeah. So the the Michigan the Michigan boys were are still off. Their last event that we talked about a couple weeks ago was. Uh, the Northern Illinois event at the Rich Harvest Farms. They are playing at the in the Bahamas starting October 29th, running through October 31st. The girls also played in the uh, Ruth Chris Tar Heel Invitational. They finished seventh out of 19 teams and uh, had a really good performance from um, Haley Borgia, who finished. Tied for third, giving her uh, that's that's her third straight top fifteen finish to start of the season. And the girls, as a team, have not finished outside of the uh, I believe it's top seven now in their in their three events. They're currently ranked um, ninth in the country, and I mean most of their most of their events have been played with teams that are that are ranked twelve of the nineteen teams playing this week were were ranked in the top fifty. So they, uh, similar to uh, the girl, the girls and boys over Michigan State. The wait was Borgia was Borgia the low scorer? Low score for, for the U of M. Correct. Yep. Okay. Yep, and they have one more one more event until the fall season is over. They're going to Wilmington, North Carolina, to play at the the Landfall Tradition. That is October 29th through October 31st. Nice. So we will uh, we will keep you guys updated here. Uh, in two weeks, as far as as far as how they do, it's a good time to be a Wolverine fan. It's great to be a Michigan Wolverine. Top ten girls golf, top ten men's football, top ten boys basketball preseason. The power rankings I saw are much more accurate. Thank you very little than the stupid coaches poll, which has Michigan like behind Purdue and. Give me a break. Those guys are always sensitive to teams that have a lot of freshmen. Okay, Michigan is the new Kentucky. Oh, stop. Kentucky is the new. Oh, geez. Come on. Let's win, Someone let's win some games first. Subpar. Let's win some games. Let me start saying we're, we're, we're Kentucky. But congrats to the girls' golf team. Keep it up. Keep moving up the rankings. Fun to follow. Yeah. And then, um, well, just finally, I feel like I should. We have to. Uh, we have to mention it because she she did play well. Uh, Annika Dye, who who plays for Michigan, Traverse City, Traverse City graduate. She finished. I thought you were going to mention her. Yeah. Well, um, 
so yeah, so she was uh no, Annika died for the tournament, uh, finished tied 64 through the rounds of 72, 72, and then struggled in the final round, shooting 81, 225. And finally, finally, the high school girls golf finished this past weekend, Friday and Saturday. For the Division Two. the Petoskey uh, qualified. They were playing down at uh, Battle Creek, or in Battle Creek. Horse Lakers? Oh, nope. sorry, Bedford Valley. Bedford Valley, yep. Uh, I'm on fire. Yeah, the north or the north. Oh, you finished. said it was Bedford Valley. I did. I just said that. And you said you said Forest oh. Acres. Oh, yeah. I thought you said nope. Well, yeah, I said no to Forest I meant Acres. Bedford Valley. I quickly, I quickly. You'll notice that I quickly corrected myself. So I'd like a little bit of credit for that. Thank you. You can have it if you'd like. Carry on. Okay. <laughs> Northman finished in 14th place. They shot uh, around 391, 408 for Petoskey. Aubrey Williams shot uh, 96, 102. Laura Pollock shot 99, 98. Marley Spence shot 90, 95 for the, for the low score for the Northman for the week. Sarah Haas shot 106, 113. And Lara Novinsky shot 126, 115. So the girls finished, like I said, uh, 14th place. The winner of the event f- was from South Lion, uh, Gabriella Tapp, shot 70, 74, 144. So uh, congratulations to to Gabriella, as well as Dearborn Divine Child, who won the team event with a score of 347, 344, 691. In Division One. And congrats to the Petoskey girls. Yes. Just for getting there, because it's an accomplishment just to get to the state finals and 100%. way to go Marley. Yeah, 100%. In Division One, we had uh, we had a little bit of representation from the North. Traverse City Central finished eleventh place with a score of three sixty seven, three fifty six, for a final of seven twenty three. Their scores for the team: Grace Maitland shot uh, eighty five, eighty seven. Uh, Sydney uh, Raidmacher shot ninety one, eighty eight. Addison Belanti shot ninety eight, ninety three. Mackenzie. McManus shot 93.88 and Evelyn Nowicki shot 99.98. Northville took home the the crown. I mean, played great. Northville shot 307.308, won the event by 12 shots. And Bridget uh, Boxar from Plymouth shot 74.69. Uh, 143 to to beat her teammate out by one for the for the medalist honors for Division One. So uh, congratulations to to all named there, and then uh, finally in Division Three, we had uh, Sheboygan. Sheboygan took play or uh, played. They shot four fourteen four twenty two, finished seventeenth place. So did not play. Did not play their best. Uh, Katie Maybank shot eighty four ninety six. Jenna Weber shot ninety six ninety five. Emily Clark shot one hundred seven one sixteen. Ella. Kasanki shot 129-130, and Sydney Jewell shot 127-115. The winner of the Division Three crown was Bloomfield Hills Cranbrook, and the individual uh, champion who we've mentioned several times on the show because she is an absolute beast, Laura Timp shot 66-73-139 to win the state championship by 14 shots. So, and she goes to what high school? Uh, she goes to Macomb Lutheran North. So those are nice rounds. Good plan. Yeah, so I'm sure we'll just we'll continue to to rattle off Lauren's name because she deserves it. And then uh, finally in Division Four, only uh, 
one score with representation. Traverse City St. Francis shot 408-397 to finish uh, 12th place. Their scores were uh, Grace Slocum shot 81-85. Emily uh, Joswiak shot 198. Uh, Madeline... Kratchyard shot 108-105. Mary-Kate Carroll shot 119-109. And Avery Frederick, Avery Frederick, what I assume to be a typo, shot 999 and 999. But I will assume that's a typo for Avery's sake. And uh, Montag won the, uh, won the team event with a 336-339. And Mia Melendez of Ann Arbor Green Hill shot 72-71 to win the medalist honors by a single shot. Whew. And that is your local look at golf. Very nicely done, Hunter. Very thorough. That's yeah. a lot of numbers, which I know are not your strength. <laughs> yeah, you are right. You are right. At least not as it pertains to gambling which you've retired from in case you missed the early part of the show. I am the gambling show that we're doing right now. I'm not retired. I'm I'm retired for, uh, Brett Favre retired. I mean, mean, it's only for, it's only going to be for until later in this podcast when I convince you to bet like CT pan or something. Yeah. That was name. I did see that. It it interests me. It's more just having to reload my account. I just don't want to reload my account. Oh, not every day. Have you ever, Okay, let's clear one thing up. Very clear. If that my never account, feels good. If my account has money in it, I'm not retired. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, not if it, <laughs> the account's empty to be retired? This can't possibly be. My account couldn't have money in it and be retired. I think anything under like five bucks is a candidate to be retired. It's tough to come back from that unless you're putting together your, you know, four and six and eight game money line parlays in the NFL that always hit. No, I don't see. And that's, I can't believe you would think that I would do that. It was a four team. It was like, it was, it was like the chiefs, the Rams and one other team and the bills. So it wasn't, it wasn't like your eight team, your eight. Those are stupid. It was four, it was four teams and the bills should have, I guess the more I thought about it on Monday, I was more more scared that they weren't going to win, but they should have won. Well, can we talk about Eric, you know? Yeah. And the Zozo. Yeah, why can we go? Why can we go to Japan for an event, but not to South Korea? You know, I don't know exactly. Seems like the um, seems like the participation would be better. And, and remember, we were just here for the Olympics, which is why everybody loves Xander. So let's let's see, let's do a little bit, talk a little bit about the golf course, and then we'll get into the odd sport if that's cool with you. Take it away. So this golf course is the golf course that we played for this event two years ago, won by Tiger Woods. Last year, we played Sherwood in California for this event, won by Patrick Cantlay, the beginning of his PGA Tour Player of the Year uh, season. So it's Accordia Golf Narashino Country Club. What's interesting about this golf course? Well, first of all, you probably you may remember this from two years ago when Tiger beat Hideki by three to win this event. Every hole has two greens. So that has no bearing on 
gambling or anything. It's just what do you mean? the way that the golf courses are in Japan because they need two totally distinct grass types to be able to have a golf course that's playable 12 months out of the year. Fascinating. Another thing that's really that's notable about Japanese golf is that the maintenance on the golf course is like akin to a art form in Japan. So th- the golf course will be in immaculate condition. It was in immaculate condition in 2019 when it poured rain and they had to delay and had a late finish. So they're bent grass greens. And I think these are, you will notice more putts going in than seems normal for a, for a easy, even for a PGA tour event, just because the greens are flawless. And you may remember that was kind of a, the way that it was at uh Kusumaseki, Kajumaseki, wherever we played the Olympics. It couldn't possibly have been that hard of a name to say, or I would have, I would have struggled the whole week. Kusujumaseki, Kagujumaseki. It was that hard of a course to say. None of those. I still haven't I would have said remembered. It right. I would have remembered that name. No, that's definitely the. It's something close to that. Look it up. You're not doing anything over there. I mean, I could, I could. Okay. I, I have the name in front of me. I'm not going to dare try to pronounce it. K a s u m i g a s e k i. Kusujumaseki. Yeah. Uh, I missed a syllable. Okay, so what else is interesting about this golf course? It looks well. But hold on, before you move on, like you're telling me that there's 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 36 greens on this or on most Japan golf courses, and they they just only use 18 of them mm-hmm. for each season. Mm-hmm. So what is the other grass? I'm not going to try to put you on the spot here, but are they obviously it gets colder that cold enough there in the winter time that bent doesn't? I don't know, Hunter. I really don't know. I can't say. I look forward to cutting this section later. Yeah, I was gonna say you're lucky you're the producer. I, I, uh, you can't cut this because this is. I thought that was very interesting. I'd never do that unless it's just, well. The two greens is interesting. Exactly Everything we've talked policy. about since then has not been interesting. But the point is, the greens we're playing into this week are bent grass. Okay. Well, you can't. Just and make, don't freak just out when you're like second green. Which green is he hitting to? You know, like be like, I heard this on the Great Lakes Golf Podcast. They talked about this. There's two greens on every hole. Okay, what else is interesting about the golf course from a gambling standpoint? It looks like a country club in America. So, like, it's mostly tree-lined. There's not a lot of underbrush. It looks like Firestone or... Uh, Medina or courses like that where you have large older trees lining the fairways but they're not necessarily creating a ton of trouble which is why fairways gained is not necessarily paramount this week because it's more about good drives and there is some correlation there was some correlation in 2019 between driving distance and success now granted that may have been because tiger and decky were two of the top finishers and because it was really wet that always puts a premium on length but i say all that to say you will see guys miss fairways this week and ha- not really have a ton of trouble getting the ball onto the green on the second shot so i don't think you can really driving accuracy fairways gain things like that i would not be emphasizing in your research 
I wouldn't, that doesn't mean I would play bad drivers. It's not like Congaree or something like that, where there's just like the fairways are super wide and there's no trouble. You know, you should be looking at, just look at things like ball striking and uh, good drives gained and things like that instead of uh, fairways. Um, it's a par 70. It's only 7,000 yards. So it's really short on top of that. We have three par fives and five par threes. I haven't heard very many people talking about this, but I think it's interesting to know the construction of the par 70 five par threes means emphasis on approach three par fives would seem to indicate emphasis on length. However, one of those three par fives is basically not reachable in two. Only two are reachable. I still think the tiebreaker goes to approach and putting on this golf course, similar uh, uh, to last week. But I also think that there's multiple ways to play this golf course. And if a guy's really, really good with his driver, i.e. like a Will Zalatoris, you know, he's going to be able to driver and wedge it driver, you know, uh, you know, nine irons, eight irons, things like that, and get, gain a lot of opportunities. Uh, so I, I think there's a story there for, for those kinds of players. I'm the more interesting side of this is the board because this event from a field construction standpoint, first of all, it's no cut small field. We have specific invitations for players who are presumably not of the same quality as the rest of the field. So it's really four players and a substantial drop-off. That's why the top of the board, if you'll let me take you through it, is just like, you know, shake your head type of moment where Xander is it and Colin are both in the five and a half to one range, which is crazy. Hideki is behind those two around 12. Casey was up there. He's withdrawn. Zalatoris is next. 16, I've seen 16. I've seen 18. Then you have guys like Fleetwood, Neiman in the low 20s, Fowler in the mid 20s. Johnny Vegas number has come way down. People like him. Again, a guy who gains a lot of strokes off the tee and can create a lot of opportunities, will reach those two reachable par fives. Uh, had a decent week last week when people were on him, so people really like him. He's been bet down to the upper 20s, so has Cameron Tringali. Uh, Keegan Bradley, Siwoo Kim are in the mid-30s with Maverick McNeely. And then uh, oh, and Charlie Hoffman is up there. And then I think it gets interesting more in the mid-40s. But again, these numbers have come... CT Pan, when I looked on Monday, was in the 60s. He's all the way down to 45. Um, Adam Shank has been bet down all the way to 50 from a higher number. So there's been some pretty substantial line movement on some of these players. KH Lee is another guy whose odds have come way, way down. But just generally speaking, you're investing at players if you're – there's almost nobody in this field who's at a number that they'd be at any other time of the year. And you can say that for the guys at the very top and the guys at the very bottom. So you have to adjust your thinking and take these numbers in context. I, for one, though I like them both and see no reason why either of them can't play well here, will not be investing in Morikawa or Xander in any fashion this week. 
except for a couple of DraftKings bullets because I don't think their price is worth it. I will be investing in Hideki. I bet Hideki to top 10. I am a sucker for Hideki, so I always bet Hideki, but he's probably the closest to a reasonable number. I still probably won't outright him. I may save a couple outright bullets. Remember, I got Xander at 50 to 1 last week. I know that didn't pay. You could have probably gotten Colin in the 30s. If these guys don't play well on Wednesday night, their number numbers will move and you'll have another opportunity to invest in them. So I would not be running to even if you love them, the chances of them going wire to wire are not that great. The chances of the five and a half to one coming down in the first couple of days of the tournament are not very good. But <clears throat> I'll be in on Hideki a little bit, third guy on the board. And then after that, I'm looking at top 20s from these guys in that 40 to 60 range that I like. I have one other outright in the sixties, which is, which is Harry Higgs. Um, I think he's in great form. You know, he's talked about how one of his, his, one of his closing rounds at Summerlin, I think it was Sunday. He probably shot five under and said, I just most frustrating five under round I've, I've shot. I think he's really playing well. So I'm played well early in the week and then decent on the weekend last week. This is the kind of field where he can pop. He has motivation to go win seeking his first, uh, tour victory. I'm in on him at 65 to one to top 10 and to top 20. Uh, like I said, I have terrible fear of missing out on Adam Shank. So I'm back in on him at 60 to one as well. And I bet him to top 20 and I have an each way on that, both the Higgs and the Shank tickets. Um, let me take you through just the strokes gain total. CT Pan, I also bet to top 20, who I mentioned his number has come way, way down. He is in the last 12 rounds. Just give you a feel for this, a feel for this field. He's number one in strokes gain total in the last 12 rounds in this field at the Zozo. Got the bronze medal, emerged in that playoff in Japan at the Olympics. It's obviously very popular. I expect him to be very popular in DraftKings. That's why I'm more on the top 20 side than uh, the outrider, the DraftKings. I just think if that many people are on him, it's probably not right. Will Zalatoris is number two. Again, I think a limited field, really good with his driver, has played well on treeline courses, played well at Augusta. Uh, Don't know what his bent grass splits are. He just needs to bump into a hot putter for a day or two, and I think he's a real contender here i think from an outright standpoint he probably presents the second best value on the board after hideki kh lee is next in the strokes game total over the last 12 followed by alex alex noren adam shank wesley bryan is up here pat perez uh henrik norlander there's harry higgs at 10th just in front of xander um Hideki is actually all the way down at 33rd, but he's lost 10 strokes with his short game and 13 with his putting over the past 12 rounds, which is astounding. So it's hard to imagine he's actually in the top half of the field in the strokes gain total with those two things going on here. He should be hitting lots of greens this week. He should not have to 
scramble a whole lot and he's a fine scrambler. So you're just hoping that that uh, putting turns around and that his familiarity in Japan and on Japanese golf courses and this golf course where he was second in the last edition comes through and he can flip that, flip that putting statistic and all of a sudden take advantage of his um, approach play, which is eighth in this field strokes gain approach and 17th off the tee. So the ball striking numbers are there. It's just the putting and the chipping has not been there, but um that's why I like Salatoris and Decky. That's why I like CT Pan, KH Lee, uh, Harry Higgs. Um, and then one guy who's let's see if we can find him on this list here. There he is. A guy, another guy I really like this week, even though he's is Matt Jones. He's 80 to 1. I have not clicked that yet. I have bet him to top 20. I think his odds are in the plus 200 range. Um, had a good week last week. He's mispriced in draftings. I love him at 7,200. I do think he's a bit mispriced in the gambling market as well. 80 to one. He's a better, he's a better, uh, player than a lot of the guys priced lower than him, than him. And he's in fine form. He, the two areas of difficulty for him over the past 12 rounds have been the approach, but he's only losing it, you know, a 10th of a stroke against the rest of this field per round. Um, you know, I feel he could potentially, you know, turn that around. And then the other statistic again is putting. He's losing two tenths of a stroke putting per round over the last 12. We know how volatile that putting those putting statistics can be. All of a sudden he turns that around. He's gaining two tenths or maybe even a half stroke per round. Um, you know, he should be able to uh finish at least in the top half of this field and, and and probably better than that. So I like him uh, to top 20 as well. And if you're really bullish on him, 80 to one is, is not such a bad number when you're eating a 60 and a 65 on the and guys like Higgs and Shank or, or even into the forties, if you're on CT pan or KH Lee. So that's kind of the, uh, the outlook for, for the Zozo at Narashino for, uh, for this week, anything I missed? No, I, I really like, uh, you, you mentioned the, if I were going to bet, which is usually about the time where you should start backing me. Cause then that's, that's when I do start hitting bets when I don't actually put any, when there's no monetary value behind them. I like Harry Higgs a lot. He finished, uh, at the summit club last, last week, he led the field in par three scoring. You mentioned, uh, the five, Five part threes. That's great. That's good to know. And then I didn't um, know that he is. He's had uh, three top fifteen finishes in his last six starts after a T ninth last week. So he has been playing uh, very well. Uh, CT Pan, obviously with his Olympics uh, bronze medal, is another name that makes that makes a ton of sense. That I think is a, a little bit mispriced. And then um, I'm, I was just trying to quickly quickly pull up some numbers i can't remember we've talked about before do you remember aren't there there's a few players that i can't i can't think of who they are but that really play well on zoysia grass and we might have even talked about it for the olympics but there's only a couple courses in stateside that have yes these are i thank you for pointing that out these are zoysia fairways um, zoysia everywhere let me see except for it, except for the greens it might take a minute and I don't know 
So like, I don't think I don't think necessarily that that like Ricky Fowler is going to play is going to necessarily back up his round he played last or his rounds he played last week. But like Bell Reeve um, in St. Louis, I'm pretty sure Zoya Grass. Looking at this article, it and, is, it and, is, uh, it Rick, is. Ricky Bell, played yeah, well. Bell Reeve is, and and I can tell you at least two of the guys that play well on Zoya. One is Brooks Kepka. Yeah. Uh, and he's on record as saying that he loves Zoysia Fairways. Zoysia Fairways, um, just from an anecdotal standpoint, not a scientific standpoint, tend to uh, tee the ball up, for lack of a better word. The ball likes to sit up high on uh, on Zoysia Fairways, whereas you could say like the ball likes to kind of nestle low on, on Bermuda grass, for example. And then, you know, bent and, and other and, – you know other surfaces kind of coming in the in the middle there but some guys liked that teed up sensation of their ball in the fairway one another guy that tends to play really well on zoja and has played well on this golf course as part of that is uh is gary woodland mm-hmm. but neither of those two players are in the field this week and i do not see an option i'm sorry to report on fantasy national for fairways grass they will only let you look at greens that's an extra dollar a month probably the premium i would imagine you know woodland and brooks are are bigger guys they hit their irons farther uh than most they hit the ball more flush than most if that's the kind of player who's who likes zoysia then some of the guys who who come to mind uh, as potentially who 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 fit that profile and therefore might also like that grass type that are just popping here in the last twelve rounds of stroke gains numbers. Zalatoris fits that profile, thumps it, hits it good. Um, K. H. Lee. Alex Noren, maybe, who I think a lot of people are probably going to play in DraftKings. I think he's interesting. Uh, Henrik Norlander is a guy who can hit, hits it really solid and far. He's a big, big tall uh, guy. Maybe Higgs falls into that category. And you know what? Now that I think about it, I wonder if Fowler has good splits on Zoysia fairways because he also uh, can hit it pretty far. Yeah, I mean, he shot uh, he shot sixty five to open up at the two thousand eighteen PGA Championship. He's, his numbers are really good. He's 12th in this field. Strokes gained total over the last 12 rounds. 23rd tee to green, 17th in putting. So he really, while he was working on his ball striking, his putting kind of fell off. But the interesting thing is that inside the numbers is that his approach has not been great. He's third off the tee. He's really hit his driver just phenomenal last week. It's just me following on shot tracker. But every time I looked, he was you know, pumping it and in the fairway, but he's 54th in approach in this field, in this field. That's, you know, towards the very, very, very bottom. So uh, there's 70 guys in this field, maybe. So that's concerning on a golf course where you need to play well with your irons, but Ricky's a premium. Still, he's a premium talent in this field. So if you were going to back him for top tens or top twenties, I can't really, Fault you for that? I just think his price is elevated based on his performance last week and his name. He's he's kind of Xander Shoffley in the sense that people will bet on him no matter what. 
Yeah. All right. Well, good luck. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>